Hello, Russell here. I'm really excited to share some of my conversation from Under the Skin, my podcast on luminary, with Philippa Perry. Philippa is a psychotherapist and author. She wrote the book, the uh, the book called, well, this is the name of the book, the book. I mean, the first bit is the book. I mean, I call things great titles like bookie book. The book you wish your parents had read and your parents will be glad that you did. It's just been released on paperback. Actually, me and my missus were reading it. She was reading me bits of it. It's a bloody good book. It's got a new chapter on siblings. You should go listen to that. Uh, and you can listen to more episodes of Under the Skin with people like, you know, Jordan Peterson, Gabor Mate, Sam Harris, Naomi Klein, Tony Robbins. Who else? Who else? There's loads. There's loads. Thanks, Jen. Um... <laughs> No, thanks. Brian Cox. Neil... Brian Cox. I mean, come on. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Who else? Ricky Gervais. Tim Minchin. Huh? Tim Minchin. Tim Minchin. Frankie Come on, Boyle. I'll do one. Simon Frankie Amstel. Boyle. Simon Amstel. Not enough women. Uh, <laughs> um, Brené Brown. Oh, my God. You can't argue with that. That's Jamila Jamil. Jamila Jamil. I mean, these are some of society's best women. Yeah, Lena Dunham. Lena, for God's sake. What do you want? Anyway, go over there and sign up for it. You can have all of that back catalogue of brilliant conversations as well as content from other providers. Uh, it's Under the Skins, only on Luminary, a subscription podcast network with original shows from your favourite creators. You can get a subscription for as little as two ninety nine a month with their annual plan plus a seven-day free trial to get started. Visit luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. Not available in all markets, subject to local currency terms apply. Now, in this section, me and Philippa talk about what's that, Django? Anthropologics. Anthropology. anthropology and the tribes anthropology and the tribes a couple of tribes they're different attributes creeds and the uh, social and cultural effects of those creeds which i suppose is what anthropology is but she's used a specific example didn't she yeah it was good good should we listen to it now yeah what are you gonna do right now yeah i'm transfer the footage okay <laughs> well done jen let's listen <laughs> Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not a successful route. Yes, that's that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. The last five, ten years has seen um, the rise of um, I, what do I want to say public intellectuals that, uh, in a couple of instances from your field uh, like whether Jordan Peterson or Gabor Mate who apply principles of psychoanalysis and psychotherapy to broader social issues is that something you do yourself and have you got an opinion on that I like to apply um all theories about human beings onto all situations. And I like to do sort of cross fertilization of, of different um, disciplines as well. I'm very interested in anthropology and how we behave as groups say. And um, I love, I, I love particularly reading the very politically incorrect stuff about previously uncontacted tribes. I mean, it's politically incorrect because, you know, we tend to impose our values on them and and see them through that lens and uh, give them our coals, which is terrible because it kills them. So we shouldn't be going around contacting uncontacted tribes. But when people have done that, and I've read their studies, I've been absolutely fascinated. And one of the main things that fascinates me about it is 
there's a woman called Margaret Mead who, oh God, what's the name of her book? Can't remember. Uh, but she did this sort of looking at different tribes and their, and their cultures and their attitudes. And she, in Papua New Guinea, she found the Arapesh and the Mungador. And the Arapesh had, um, they were really chill. They loved each other. They cooperated. They collaborated with each other. They, um, all their babies were, were, were child-led weaning. Um, they played with their kids all the time. They had equal parenting, equal work. They were, they were totes chill and really nice people. However, they were so nice that they only had the stony ground to live on because, and so they quite often went a bit short of food and they didn't have much stuff. They had the rocky shore, but the fish came and went. So they had no kind of sustainable source of food. Whereas the Mungador, who lived in the valley, they were aggressive. Um, you could tell when Mungador people had, had had sex because both parties would be covered in scratches because the way of having sex was to attack each other. Um, they uh, breastfed standing up, and as soon as the baby sort of stopped for air, they'd hang it back on a basket on the wall again. They were kind of brutal. And uh, they argued, they fought, they killed each other. They were cannibals. Uh, but they had the lush valley. They had the um, beautiful, fertile um, ground so they could grow really good crops. They had surplus so they could buy stuff. They could get nice, you know, woven stuff. They bought fancy flutes from other tribes and stuff. Um, so they had stuff and they were comfortable and they didn't starve but they had horrible personal relationships. And um, the Arapesh didn't have much, but they loved each other. And it's a bit like, it's a bit like Democrats and Republicans, isn't it? I mean, it's sort of like, I'm out for me and I want my stuff. Oh, but we should share. And it, I feel like that kind, and there's other tribes as well. There's the Mwari and the Mwari Ari. Uh, from the Pacific Islands, that uh, the Moari were the aggressive warriors, which is why we've got them around today and they survived. But the Moariari, I might be getting the names of all these tribes wrong because I'm very dyslexic. They were they they were the chill hunter gatherers that um, never had any surplus, and they were wiped out by the other ones. So it's difficult, isn't it? What do we be? Do we be Arapesh and not have enough to eat and be wiped out? Or do we be Mungador and trample over everyone? And there must be, I think our, our job is to be something in the middle, isn't it? Yes. I mean, it stands to reason that whatever the dominant values are of our time are the values that have succeeded, that in a, in a sense are the product of evolution and the sort of natural selection or indeed agricultural industrial or technological selection of our time now that power dynamics have shifted so radically and huge decisions can be made by a relatively concentrated group of people but it's almost a social darwinian's dream to hear that the mungadors were living it up in lush valleys while the Arapesh was scratching around in pebbles for a bit of grain and hoping that a fish might turn up once in a while. Yeah, but um, the uh, Mungador killed each other with aggression, but the Arapesh died. <laughs> 
from starvation. So it's a lose-lose situation being human, isn't it? It certainly if death is considered as a bad result, then you have to acknowledge, yeah, we all know where it's heading. But like, um, I, I think also a lot about anthropology in the sense of its application to me and people now. I feel like that my in my own life, I think, how can I emulate if not synthesize conditions that would be amenable to what i am evolved for for what we have evolved for for hundreds and thousands of years so that we're not entirely dislocated or as sebastian junger says in his book tribe we live in conditions it's difficult to imagine a worse condition for the type of animal we are than living in concentrated cellular atomized aggressive greedy we are pack animals uh we, uh, you know, we should be in a village of about 140 people and we should be in a family of about 15 and we should have about six close friends. Yeah. Beyond that, it gets tricky. Beyond that, it gets tricky because people have different values and believe different things. Yes, that's right. And like um, my understanding from, from like uh, primates is like a group will split at around 140 and sort of reform itself. And there's lots of studies about like, you know, sort of the myth of the alpha male and the way that actually there's alpha female, beta males and females that sort of in a delicately balanced ecosystem of hierarchical power. I, I, I do feel, though, that like particularly at this sort of a, a rather fractured time that you've already alluded to in your sort of Mungador Arapesh analogy as well as accurate historical recounting perfectly pronounced by the way that we sort of live at this time where um, I feel it is becoming evident that there is such a, an ideological diaspora that we're trying to rein it in enshrine it under one dome of America or the United Kingdom when perhaps these rather the, the, these ideas of perhaps I, I mean ideas the idea of nation has perhaps served its purpose has taken us as far as it can. It's beginning to feel a little bit false and a little bit old-fashioned, isn't it? Because the, the, the nations that seemed that seemed the most powerful as the nation of Amazon or the nation of Microsoft, like these big companies seem to have more power. I wouldn't be surprised if they start getting their own armies soon. Wow. Digital armies or something. Um, yeah, because... It, it does seem a bit odd the way we've organized ourselves. And if you think, if you look at territories on, on, a, on a map where all the, um, you know, on an animation where all the boundaries move the whole time, nothing stays the same. And, and maybe our nationhood thing, we're the best, we're the best country in the world, has outlived its uh, usefulness or purpose. Yeah, yeah. E e even its plausibility, because there there are so many opposing values corralled w into these. Uh, let's face it, ultimately imaginary <laughs> conceptual notions. Oh, it, it's about our history. It's about sort of ethnicity, or no, it's about diversity, progressivism. It's about you know stuff. It's like I, f I I'm increasingly feeling, why well, as long as people aren't hurting anyone else, let them set up their own tribe, what they do what the hell they want. You know, like it's like, you know, like in these recent fractures. What the hell they want might be to kill me. 
I think that now that falls under the first bit, hurting other people. They can't kill oh, you. Oh, okay, you had that thing. That's that, good. That, in the sort of confederacy that I'm pl plotting on the back of this envelope, there, there would be no, no homicide. No um, homicide. Yeah, that's great if we all agree to no homicide. I'm, I'm for that. And I, so, like, these are the conversations I find myself having, Philippa, about like people trying to agree on some basic values that help to bridge this sort of this apparent bifurcation that seems to be occurring everywhere. Well, if you enjoyed that excerpt of Under the Skin that we sent to you free of charge, go over to Luminary, join me there for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin, some of the great ones we've listed. They're all great. Go to luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. See you there.